Welcome in to the Chiefs Business Podcast. You are here with Andy and... Kevin! And... Jill! Jill! She is our resident Green Bay Packers expert. Here from the land of cheese. Without my cheese head. Without your cheese head. Hat. And actually, mostly a Chiefs fan. Still, it's, still true. It, it's mom slash Gigi for Andy and Gavin. In town to celebrate Gavin's birthday. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. As you can tell, Gavin's a little bit excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. We do want to apologize. It's been a little while since we have last reported, uh, recorded our podcast. Totally not the whole preseason. We definitely did not miss the entire preseason, which we definitely missed. <laughs> but life got in the way. Things got a little hectic at work. Gavin's gone back to school now. Started up the third grade. But as we get close to the start of the regular season, hopefully we will be able to record with a little bit more frequency. One other thing I wanted to address, we actually did record a podcast after we went up to training camp, and because life got in the way, I never got an opportunity to edit that down and get that out for everybody. So maybe when I'm editing this one, I'll also edit that one up and put it out there as a bonus podcast. Obviously, the information is not super timely, but hopefully it'll still be interesting for everybody. By the way, the reason you haven't seen a Gavin's, a Gavin's solo episode is because I've run out of, I've run out of ideas. A joke. If anybody's got them, give us a follow on Twitter. You can tweet at us. Let us know if there's any ideas you've got. Or you could leave us a five-star rating and then in the review give us an idea so that Gavin can record some new content for everybody. What do you think of that, Gav? If, yes. I do have a question. What's that? About one of Gavin's previous bonus podcasts that he shared, you all shared with us. And it seemed he was spinning a wheel and predicting luck. That was my very first solo. Yes. What gave you that idea and where did you get your spinner? I mean, what were you using for inspiration? Well, I was just like, I was just like, okay, what's fun? And I was like, spinners are kind of fun. So then I loaded up my computer, and I'm like, spinner football players. And then it popped up, and I'm like, ooh. So I was like, what if I did, like, top whatever players with luck? Very good. So. Very creative. Your Gigi enjoyed it a lot. I think, I think it's the most, what was it again? Most viewed that we've ever had. Um, that was actually listened to more than the regular episode we recorded that night. Oh my God. (laughs) How good am I at this stuff? Pretty good. Pretty good. Hot stuff, Gavin. (laughs) You're making my tongue burn. Uh Uh-oh. All right, so tonight we will go through... Uh, The final roster, we never really got to touch on who we thought should make it, but we do have the final roster now as we go into week one 
of the new 18-week NFL season for the first time ever this year. But it's only eight. There's the same amount of games all in total because they they also took away a preseason game. That's right. There are now 17 regular season games as opposed to 16. And to make room for that, they took away one of the preseason games. Instead of having four like we normally do, there was only three this year. Wait, was that only for this year? Nope, that's the way it's going to be going forward as well. Unless they change it. Unless they add some more. Yep. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. I would imagine they would take it down another preseason game so that there would only be two at that point. And then add in another week to the season. I'm also also kind of afraid that if they did lower it down to two, I mean, the starters would only get one game to do two games, like to do two quarters until halftime. Yeah, that's definitely something that could happen, but there has been a trend in the past few seasons of teams not even playing certain starters just so they can avoid injury in the preseason. So that is something that people may do. That's actually kind of clever. Yes, Jill? So as a non-fanatic football fan Mm -hmm. of of – any team, but mostly the Chiefs I am, mm-hmm. of course. Um, the preseason has been whittled down, correct? Yes. What is the intention of that? I'm sure that the true avid fans know, but for those of us listeners who aren't in tune with that thought process, why have they whittled them down? So there's a few reasons for that, I think. Unfortunately, I think first and foremost is money. <laughs> So those preseason games uh, were originally designed to help get all of the players in shape to be able to play during the season. So in the 90s when I was growing up and becoming a football fan, I remember going to training camp and everybody was working their way into shape when they got to camp. So they would take most of the off-season off, if not the entire thing, off. And when they got to camp was the first time that they were really starting to work their way back into shape. And I think the way that the sport has progressed, um, and it's not just football, but in every sport, now it really has become a a 12-month-a-year job. So even after the season ends, all of these players are working out in the offseason. They're maintaining their shape or working to improve it. And... So the need for as much of a lead time as they had before is not as necessary as it was before. Now, was that, is that a self-imposed? Did the players start picking this up and doing it themselves, or did the coaches mandate and say, you know, it would be a good idea if you kept in shape in the offseason? So I think probably a little bit of both. Obviously, if you are in shape when you show up to camp, you're going to perform better than if you're out there to, you know, the first time you run on a field is the first time you've run in three months, and then you're, you know, out of out of energy within the first five minutes of practice. You're obviously going to look worse than somebody who's been running the entire off season. Yeah, like no offense to Patrick Mahomes, but like for example, if Patrick Mahomes was like going to clubs and bars every night, what instead when, of doing? When did that happen? I never said this actually did happen. Oh, for I was example, say, got some breaking news there. <laughs> Eight-year-old correspondent. 
if <laughs> no offense to Patrick Mahomes, but if this were to happen, um, like for example, going to clubs and bars every night instead of like actually working on your skill, that would definitely decrease your overall. I just use Patrick Mahomes because he's really good. Yep. Just to clarify, Patrick Mahomes was not at clubs and bars all offseason. I thought <laughs> I thought Gavin was going to reveal that perhaps you'd been out at the clubs and bars and had seen him there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a story there, folks. <laughs> no, I, I was just using them because he had a really good overall, and if his overall decreased, I was just – it would not be that good. Yeah. Yeah. So back to preseason and discussion of why people are now in shape uh, all the way around the season or all the, the calendar year. People, you know, it's not just the players and the coaches. You know, coaches were picking the players who looked better when they were in practice. And the players who were in shape practiced and played better. So I think it was kind of a thing where – it kind of went hand in hand. And also to kind of go along with that, there's been several different collective bargaining things between the players union and the league itself asking for less work to be allowed during training camp. But I think part of making some of those concessions was the, the idea that you need to make sure that you're still in shape if we're not going to be able to allow to work you enough to get you in shape for the season, that means you need to come in and be ready to play. So I think it's a little bit of both of those. Also, uh, originally I mentioned money was number one. The reason for that is while the season ticket holders pay for an entire season's worth of tickets and included in that are those two preseason games, at face value of what they were. If you ever see the stands during a preseason game, it's maybe 20, 25% capacity, which means they're missing out on parking revenue. They're missing out on concession revenue, merchandise sales, all of that stuff. They're really not getting during that time. Uh, they can. Yes, Gavin. I know the best time that they, that you would be making money is at the Super Bowl. That is true. That is true. So when the owners uh, are selling television rights to the TV right holders, the more games that they can show, the more money they can make from those rights holders. So teams do still make money off of those preseason games, but usually the only ones that really care about it are the local affiliate uh, of the team. So they'll make some money from those local stations, but in reality, where the big money comes from is those TV rights deals, the national media deals, the ones that are with CBS, NBC, ESPN, uh, you know, Amazon. They're now going to be streaming a couple of games strictly just on Amazon this year. So that's why I say that the focus is more eyed towards money than player abilities and so stuff like that. So is there a market for all of the preseason games being aired? There absolutely is. It's just of more interest, especially once you get past the starters playing. 
it's of more interest to the fans of the individual teams than it would be to a national audience uh, at large. They still do broadcast national games within the preseason, but they don't garner nearly as much interest as regular season games do. I see. So. I am better informed. Excellent. Thank you for the question. You're welcome. What do you think of that, Gav? All right. So let's now move along to the regular season roster. At the very start of the preseason, there were 90 players. After each game, they whittled down five more players. So it went from 90 to 85 after the first game, then down to 80 after the second game. But this past week, they made the cut down all the way to the final 53 that will be playing, or at least as a part of the official roster, next Sunday, not tomorrow, but the Sunday after, when we play the Cleveland Browns to start off the season. Yes, Gavin. Uh, did you see that on the top 100, uh, Patrick Mahomes was first? I did. What do you think of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. For those of us who did not see the top 100, what is it the top 100 of? And what Go is ahead, the Gavin. source of that? So... The top 100, they do it after every, every every season and before every season starts, like right before every season starts. And basically, it's what they thought was the top 100 players of that season. And so, it just happened that last season, the best player, even though we lost the Super Bowl, the, less, the best player, even though everybody knows – well, not everybody, but most people know that Tom Brady is considered the GOAT. The best player is Patrick Mahomes, who just happens to play for us. Awesome. So the top 100, 100 list is actually compiled by the NFL Network, and it's based off of a survey done of other NFL players. Ooh, so they're peers. So basically they're peers, and it's That's something they awesome. do at the end of every season. They will do this survey. I'm not sure if 100% of players are surveyed. I would imagine they would be if they would want to participate. Uh, but they do nice little vignettes uh, when they announce the top 100, and they've got players and coaches and a whole bunch of people who do speak on specific people that are being highlighted during the presentation. And there were actually quite a number of Chiefs that made the top 100. Gavin already mentioned Patrick Mahomes was number one for the very first time. The past two seasons, he had actually come in at number four. And you could tell during the season that he used that as a little bit of motivation. Yes, Gavin? Both seasons, he came in as number four? Yep. Would that be 2018 and 19? Uh, I don't know exactly how they numbered it, but it was following the 2018 and 19 seasons. And so number one is 2020. So, like, number one, let me check the top of the thing here. The, 20, the 2020 season is when okay. Patrick Mahomes got first. This particular list was considered the top 100 for 2021. So it would have been 2019 and 2020 when he came in fourth. Okay. And you can tell that Patrick used that as motivation, specifically, I think, in a game against the Bears two seasons ago. Duh, Bears. Duh, Bears. Green Bay's favorite. <laughs> the Bears... 
he scored a touchdown, or he threw a touchdown, actually, I believe. And as he was running off of the field, he was counting up to the number four. Happened to be his fourth touchdown of the game, so some people were guessing that it was because it was the fourth one. But I think everybody knew that... Chiefs fans knew. The Chiefs fans knew that it was because he had been ranked number four. I believe this was being ranked fourth after the season where he threw for 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, and was ranked the league MVP in his first season as a starter. Yes, Gavin. Speaking of when Patrick Mahomes became a starter, why did we get rid of Alex Smith? Because we saw how good Patrick Mahomes was in practice. He was really good. And you could see that by the fact that when he got out onto the field in 2018, he threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Alex Smith was a very, very good quarterback for the Chiefs, and he was actually playing very, very well during that time. But Alex Smith doesn't have the tools that Patrick Mahomes has. Um, okay, so basically what you were saying is he got onto the field. So once I was watching the show with Mommy mm-hmm. called Peyton's Places, mm-hmm. and one was with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady was, when, once you get that shot, you got to take it. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds most likely that Mahomes in that practice specifically that that blew them all away. It sounds like that he phrases to that. Yeah, so I think there was lots of different reasons why they actually decided to select Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Andy Reid had been with the team for, I believe, five seasons at that point. Alex Smith had been the quarterback for every one of those seasons. We had gotten to the playoffs. We had won our first playoff game in two decades. So there was definitely success but we were seeming to get to the same spot in the playoffs, and we just couldn't kind of get over the hump. A decade is 10. Yes, so two decades is 20. So that's how long it had been since we had won a playoff game. Oh, my God. Why did we suck so bad? We were making it to the playoffs every so often. We just When we got there, we would lose our first game. Did we ever, ha- did we ever have any wild cards? We were in wild card games. We would just lose them. Lame. Yep. So I think what they were looking for was a player to take the team to the next level. And they identified traits in Patrick Mahomes that Alex Smith just didn't possess. Uh, As good of a quarterback as he was, as good of a leader as he was, as good of a teammate as he was. He didn't have specific skills that Patrick Mahomes has. And through the draft process, the personnel department and Andy Reid were able to identify some of those traits that they think could take the team to the next level. And they've been proven right at this point because we've gone to three straight AFC championship games with Patrick Mahomes as our quarterback. We've been to two straight Super Bowls. We've even won one of them. Yes, Gavin. Wasn't this video supposed to be about the roster? It was, but everybody keeps asking great questions. Oh, my God. Here comes another one. 
First of all, I think it's fair that we ask questions about the roster, at the quarterback on the roster. I think that's fair, mm-hmm. right? And um, not being particularly knowledgeable mm-hmm. about Patrick Mahomes, he kind of came on the scene after I moved to Wisconsin and kind of lost touch with all that. Mm-hmm. Isn't he young? Isn't he like super duper young? He's 25 years old right now. He's Which been a starter for three years. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. For him to have that skill level, that composure, that talent, raw talent that obviously has been honed. Mm-hmm. He's younger than my second grade teacher. Who also went to Texas Tech. Just like Patrick Mahomes. True. How old was Alex Smith at the time? That Alex Smith old. Was, was in his, I think he was 33. <laughs> 2D 32 or 33 at the time? That's embarrassing. Why? What's wrong with that? That's a little old for the NFL. Not at the quarterback position. Oh. Do you know how old Tom Brady is right now? Yeah, yeah, he's 43, 44. Yeah. yeah. So, it's not that old. Alex Smith did retire this past season. That was more related to the leg injury that he suffered while he was playing for the Washington football team. It was no ordinary leg injury. He broke it. Yeah, it's a pretty gruesome injury. Um, he did win quarterback or comeback player of the year last year just for the ability to even come back. I think it was a two-year process for him to be able to get back onto a football field. Yeah, I, I remember, I think it was mid Mid last season, there was there was this news that came out that Alex Smith had been active for the first time in two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, if anybody does want to know more information about Alex Smith's injury and rehab process and the entire span of him getting injured through all the way getting back on the field, there was a documentary that ESPN did. I think it was. E60, part of their E60 series that just followed him and his Aww. doctors around. That was actually very, very interesting. Uh, they showed some things that people may not want to see, so you might have to look away a couple of times, but it was very interesting. I've watched it. It gets ugly. And if you don't want to see that, then I think I might make a little bonus episode. Just in case you don't want to see the bloody. <laughs> the equipment is... Yeah, it's just... Yes. So regarding the roster... Yes. The roster for the Cleveland Browns. What? The game against the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) Season opener. Sorry, I was not I was like, why do we care about the Cleveland Brown roster? Because we're playing the Browns for week one, so we got to break down their roster too. Okay, fine. Break our... (laughs) (laughs) I think we need to break down the Cleveland roster before we even talk about the Chiefs. Baker Mayfield, number one, quarterback. It's actually number six. No, I just marked him down that that was number one. He was their number one quarterback. Yeah, he's their number one quarterback. He's a starting quarterback, people. All right, so originally we started off, well, not originally, but we, we had referenced the top 100 NFL players of 2021. That list was released throughout the preseason. Just wanted to give a quick rundown of the Chiefs players who were on the list. Of course, we already mentioned Patrick Mahomes, who came in at number one on the list. Woot, woot. 
Another player who came in in the top five, tight end Travis Kelsey, who just completed the best receiving season ever for a tight end. Better than Tony Gonzalez. How'd you say his name? Tony Gonzalez? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it was even better than that one. Isn't he the number one in NFL history? As far as career yards goes, yes, he is the number one tight end in NFL history. Aww. Next up on the list of the top 100 players, including all of the Chiefs, number 15. Who do you think it was, Gav? Patrick Mahomes. He was number one. Oh. He can't be one and 15. I know he's good. He's not that good. Who do you think number 15 was? Travis Kelsey. He was number five. Terry Kill. Tyreek Hill, number 15, as rated by the other players in the league. What's his position? He plays a wide receiver. Gavin is correct. He's a very, very fast player. Very agile. He's so fast, he's considered the fastest in the league and the cheetah. His nickname is the cheetah. During the preseason, he got into a Twitter beef, I guess would be. Not like a serious beef, but like he was going back and forth with Usain Bolt, who is the world record holder in the 100 meters, won many gold medals as a sprinter for Jamaica in the Olympics. And uh, the wager was a 100-meter race, and if Tyreek Hill won, he would get a gold medal, and if Usain Bolt won, he would get Tyreek's Super Bowl ring. So... I don't know if there was ever confirmation that that was actually going to be happening. If I was Tyreek, I might wait until I have more than one Super Bowl ring before I would wager it up. But <laughs> St. Bolt has multiple gold medals. So if he lost one of them, he would still have gold medals. Question. Yes. Is DeAndre Hopkins on the top 100? DeAndre Hopkins is on the top 100. Let me see where he what came number? in at. Eight. Oh, yeah, that's my boy. I'm kind of a fan of DeAndre Hopkins. Really? Why do you like DeAndre Hopkins so much? Because he's good. He is good. Very good. And? Being a wide receiver. And he plays for Cardinals. Yes, he does. I really don't care who, which team he plays for. He is a very good player. Yes, he is. Another player... On the Chiefs, came in, in the top 100. Was that number 34? Do you have a guess who it might be? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Nope, not quite. Plays on the other side of the ball. Chris Jones? Chris Jones. Oh, yeah, like in the 49ers Super Bowl when he got, when he got hit in the head five, three times. You know. The quarterback couldn't throw it high enough. I don't remember it hitting him in the head three times. I remember during the last defensive stand, he did an excellent job of knocking down passes. I, I know he knocked down at least two of them on that drive. And his position is? He plays... A left tackle? Right tackle? Nope. He's, he plays defensive Guard. tackle. Or at least he has historically. One of the stories of this offseason has been him losing a little bit of weight and moving to the outside to play defensive end which is technically a new position for him. 
but it's something that our defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnolo, likes to do is use somebody who is a good rusher and move them around the defensive line. So there's somebody who can be a rusher for the first couple of downs on the outside, and then when it's a pass situation and they know that they're going to have to be rusting the passer, move that player that was on the end down from the outside to the inside and then get usually a quicker pass rusher who doesn't have to worry about stopping the run out on the field in those passing situations. He looked very, very good in training camp. He looked very, very good in the preseason playing out at the defensive end to the point that he's actually getting some hype for defensive player of the year, potentially, assuming no injuries in the season upcoming. Yes, Gavin. I only paid attention to one quarter of the preseason, but I didn't realize Nicole Hardman actually made a catch for the first time in his life. He's made catches before in his life. He has more drops than he does catches up. I'm going to believe that. (laughs) It's not accurate, but he definitely has some improved ways to go to improve as a wide receiver before he's even anywhere close to on the same level as uh, some of the other options that the Chiefs have as pass catchers. He did look like he struggled a little bit in the preseason. In the very first game, there was really only one drive that had the first-team offense in there, and he was provided an opportunity to catch a ball, and he did not catch it. It may have been a difficult catch for him. looked like it might have been deflected at the line, but still was a catchable ball he didn't get, and then it seemed like him and Patrick were at a sink in the second preseason game. But he did catch a very, very good pass from uh, Chad Henney after Patrick Mahomes went out in that second preseason game. So it's definitely a skilled player, also very, very fast. Not quite as fast as Tyreek Hill, but a very, very fast player. Nobody's quite as fast as Tyreek Hill. That is very true. Not that this is everything, but Madden does do speed ratings. Tyreek Hill is the only 99. I think McCole Hardman is a 97, so... He's also very, very fast. Believe it or not, there is one more Chief on that top 100 list. Gav, you want to give me a guess as to who that is? Number five? The fifth player from the Chiefs that's in the top 100 list. You just told me, Terry. Uh, Travis Kelsey. He was number five. This guy is the fifth Chief that's on the list, though. Fifth Chief? Yes, in the top 100. in the ranking? He placed number 58. Offense or defense? Which side of the ball? Defense. Eric Fisher? That's offense. That's offense, and he's not on the Chiefs anymore also. Sneed? No, but I would not be surprised if he's going to get it up in there in the next couple of years. Was it around his? It was in the secondary. Tyron Matthew? That's it. The Honey Badger came in at number 58. Or Wisconsinite. Heard the word badger and got excited. Momentarily. Momentarily. Yeah, they're really proud of their uh, Wisconsin badgers. Yes. I guess it rubbed off a little bit on you since you've been up there. It's true. I, I have something to mention. What's that? My third favorite college is actually the Wisconsin Badgers. What's your second favorite college? Clemson. Clemson, it's your first favorite college. KU. That's right. To all you MU fans, please don't get mad at me. (laughs) He didn't really have a choice. 
Mom, dad. Pretty much my Gigi. whole generation. Grandpa. Grandpa. Yeah, you didn't really have a choice. <laughs> That's where you were going. That, that, was, that was where you were going to end up. Unless Brayden got me into it. Mm, no. Nope, not happening. <laughs> and an uncle. And an aunt. And an aunt. I have a pet aunt that roots for KU. No. You have an aunt. I guess technically she's my aunt. Who's your aunt? Terry. Went to KU. Oh, yeah. So you didn't really have a choice. That is the entire list of Chiefs that made it onto the top 100. But the fact that we've got five players in the top 58 speaks very well to the top-end talent that we've got on our team and why we continue to be considered amongst the favorites to win or at least get to the Super Bowl every season. Yes, Gavin? Is there a team that had more players on the top 100 than we did? I don't have the team-by-team breakdown in front of me. But that is a great question. Maybe something that we can investigate once we get done with the podcast. Wow. Maybe that can be something for one of your uh, bonus extras. You can do a breakdown of which teams had which guys. How many of them. All right, so how about the Chiefs roster? Boring. Boring. All right, I guess that's the end of the podcast then. Our roster is so bad. What? We just went through five of our players that are amongst the top 58 in the league. We're having to sell half of them. Who are we selling? Darwin Thompson. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. You heard Grandpa talk about the... We had to get down to 50-something. 53. Yep, from 80. We did get to bring back some of those players onto our practice squad. But let's, how about before we do all that, let's go through the guys that did make the roster. We'll go through the roster position group by position group and talk about maybe where there was some controversial cuts. And then we can get the overall thoughts on, on the roster. Yes, Gavin. Can we, uh, can we do a thing where we go through, we, get, we pick a player, Everybody votes on an overall, and then I say the overall, overall. What does that mean? Like we assign them a number? Of the player. What's the rating scale? One to, wait, one to 99. One to 99? Yeah, overall. So we're like Madden Raiders then? Except podcast raiders. <laughs> well, I have a question. Yeah? So how many new players made the team this year? How many players returned? Ooh, tough question. That is a good question. I don't have the specific breakdown of new and uh, returning players. I can tell you position groups where we've got a lot of new faces. Please do. Uh, the offensive line is a group that looks very different than it did just a year ago. Uh, As a matter of fact, the entire starting five of the offensive line, all five guys are new this season. Except Chris Jones. He's on defense. (laughs) 
A few of the backups for the offensive line are returning from previous teams, but that hopefully will be one of the differences. Guys who were previously starters on our offensive line now are no longer good enough to be starters on our offensive line. They've been replaced by more talented people and will only be needed in situations of injury. Yes, Gavin. What do you think the rating of our offensive line before was, and what do you think the overall rating of it is now? On a scale of five stars, I mean one to five stars. One to five stars. If you take a look at what our starting offensive line was at the beginning of last year, we had a very, very good group of tackles. So we had Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz. Mitchell Schwartz is one of the best right tackles in the league. Eric Fisher, he'd been to the Pro Bowl a couple of times. So I think he's definitely a top half of the league tackle. Unfortunately, throughout the season, both of them got injured. And they were no longer there for the playoff run. Uh, If we look at the interior of the offensive line, our guards, again, we started off okay, I would say. Uh, We started off the season with uh, Kalechi Asameli. He... Was a very, very good guard while he was with the Raiders. Uh, had some injury issues over the past couple of seasons and landed in Kansas City last year. He got hurt five or six games into the season, was out for the entire year. Our offensive line really wasn't the same after that. Um, the guy who replaced him, Nick Allegretti, did end up making it as a backup on this uh, on this roster. So, what do you- what do you think the overall rating like of stars is was like at the beginning before everybody got before everybody got hurt? I would probably give it a three stars. And then after after everybody got hurt, I would give it a one star. And then next season, this upcoming season, yeah, this upcoming season, the one that starts Sunday against the Browns. Yeah, literally Sunday. Not tomorrow, but next Sunday. I wish it. I wish. I think it has the potential to be a five-star offensive line. I think it has the potential if everything works out, everybody gels together. I think it has the potential to be one of a top five offensive line unit in the NFL. Wow. Yes. So my question is, of these five new starters, Yes. we're saying they're new to the team. Are they new as in young and draft? or did they come to us via experience from other teams? A mixture of both. So there's there's five. There's five players on the offensive line. Yes. How many came from a different team? Two. So that means three were drafted. Three were drafted, yes. So there's a lot of young talent that should they stand the test of time can grow with us. Yes. Left tackle, Orlando Brown, somebody that we acquired in a big offseason trade. It involved our first-round pick. We also got a whole bunch of picks sent to them, a whole bunch of picks sent back. The approximate value was somewhere in the top half of the second round, what we overall traded uh, once you balance everything out. But we did trade our first-round pick uh, in the draft to get him. He's been in the league for three years, but even so, he's only 25 years old. So he's still a very young and ascending player. He's already been to the Pro Bowl two times in the three years that he's been in the league. So he's definitely a talented player. Granted, it was in the Baltimore Ravens offense, which was more run-oriented. So he's been working a little bit in the training camp this season to get more used to the pass-oriented offense that we have. Yes, Gavin. 
I have two questions. Yes. Were you just talking about Orlando Brown? I was. Okay, I heard the Ravens, and I was like, Orlando Brown? Yep. Okay, and then my second question was, back to my question about the five-star rating. Mm-hmm. Like, after everyone got injured, you said three, two, I mean, three and one? Yeah. What do you think it was combined? Like, with the Two. <laughs> Can I finish my sentence first? Sure. Okay. Thank you. Um, before, like, if you were to, like, put the best players there were from the one in one in three star ratings, what would you rate it overall? Um, I mean, I think the best iteration of the line that we had last year was the one we had on opening day. So, I think the highest rating I would have given it would have been a three star. Okay. Thank you. Yep, no problem. Right now, I think I would rate it probably as a four-star right now, but with the potential to get up to five. If the young guys do what we think they can do, and they they gel very well with the veterans. Yes, Gavin? Who do you think is the best defensive player that's not on the defensive line besides the Honey Badger and Sneak? (laughs) Besides all of the good players, who's the best player? Is that what you just asked? (laughs) Wait, here, I'll give you something. Okay. Everybody on the line, everybody on the line, besides Sneed, Matthew, Jones. Hmm. It's a good question. I think I'm going to answer it in two different ways. I think the guy that can be the best outside of those players is Willie Gay Jr. That's all based off of potential, though. He hasn't been that good yet. He hasn't shown it on the field in a game-time situation. But with the athleticism that he has and some of the playmaking ability he was showing in the preseason, I think he definitely can be a difference maker for this defense if he is able to hit his potential. The guy that I will give you as probably right now based off of what I saw in the preseason, would probably be Anthony Hitchens. And I say that because he is the guy who is responsible for setting up our entire defense and making a lot of the reads, making sure that the defensive line is positioned correctly uh, based off of the formation that they see from the offense. And he has actually slimmed down this past offseason to become more quick, um, and from what we saw in the preseason, he looked, he looked great. He looked as good as he's looked since he's been with the Chiefs. So he okay. would probably be the one that I would say right now out of the gate. And then what do you think about Nick Bolton? Nick Bolton, I think, will be a very good player in the future. He's got a lot of things to learn. He is a very smart player, and I think he will learn them um, probably quicker than Willie Gay did. Um, although Willie Gay basically redshirted. No, I shouldn't say redshirted. He was out on the field, but I think he would have gotten more opportunities if he had a better understanding of the defensive scheme overall. One thing working against Nick Bolton, I think, is the fact that he's probably best suited to play the role that Anthony Hitchens is currently playing. So I think some of his opportunity will be will have to be because people in front of him got injured which actually has happened. Willie Gay is going to be out for the first three weeks of the season. 
one of the things I was going to mention a little bit later in the podcast. So I think Nick Bolton will be able to get onto the field relatively quickly for at least probably 20% of the snaps would be my guess. Um, But, you know, Steve Spagnuolo's got a very, very difficult defense to learn specifically for the linebacking group because depending upon what the play is and their responsibilities are, they've got to be anywhere on the field. So, you know, when you're in the secondary, most of the time, you know, you're going to be around the receivers or you're going to be responsible for a certain zone of the field. For linebackers, if it's a run play, you're responsible for a certain gap up on the defensive line, or if it's a pass play, you're responsible for a certain zone on the field or covering a specific player. So they really have to have a really good understanding of what they need to be doing before Steve Spagnuolo will let them be out on the field. Okay, and then I have one more question. What's up? With the whole starting lineup, what do you think the potential that will go to the Super Bowl this year is? Like, is it low, medium, high, high critical? High. High? Very high. So, like, yeah. in the upper highs, but not quite enough to be critical? I don't know what you mean by critical. Critical means, like, you know, like, we're going to the Super Bowl. Like, you know, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to win it. And then high is just, like, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm like, I'm like really confident that we're going to the Super Bowl. Medium is like, we might make it into the playoffs, but that, I don't think we might make it to the Super Bowl. Low is that like, I don't think we're going to make it to the playoffs. I know we're making it to the playoffs. I know we're going to win the AFC West. Those two things haven't even entered my mind that we wouldn't win it. The Super Bowl, I think, is very, very good. I think a very good possibility that we will make it. Um, I think that is the expectation of the team, and I think it's rightfully so, the expectation of the team. So I'm taking this as a year in between high and critical. Yes, on your scale. Okay. Yes. It's, of course, barring injuries. Caveat on any predictions, unfortunately, but that's just the nature of the game. And uh, one more question. What do you got? Do you think... Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be as good as he was with all the injuries he's gone through? I do. Actually, I think he's going to be even better this season than he was last season. Even with all the injuries? Even with all the injuries. I think the change in the offensive line that we had from last year is definitely going to benefit him. One of the things, if you looked at some of the advanced metrics Um, related to running backs last season. He was in the lower half of the league as far as yardage before he encountered somebody, a defender, Uh, essentially meaning he did not have much time after he received the handoff before he had to start missing defenders. And I don't think that that will be the case going forward. Last year, our offensive line was not capable of getting any, any sort of push on the front. Uh, on the offense, on the, the line of scrimmage. Most of the time, our, our offensive linemen, specifically in the middle of the offensive line, were getting pushed back into the backfield. So he was forced to deal with some defender or some offensive lineman pretty much directly after he received the handoff. And I think now our offensive line is going to be taking it to people and pushing them back. So he will have more room to go before he even has to encounter anybody. Okay. And, uh... and one of the things that he's really good at 
is when he gets into the open field or encounters a defender. He has tremendous change of direction ability. Uh, he can really juke a guy out of his shorts. Man, out of his shorts? Out of his shorts. <laughs> yep. I, I thought I thought it would just take his shoe off, maybe clip his ankle. That could happen too. <laughs> and uh, and I have one more question. Okay. This is the most important question. Most I've important. All right, got it. Locked in. What do you got? This is the most important question I've I'm have. locked in. What do you got? Anyway, this is the most important question I've had yet. Okay, locked in. What do you got? Can you pretty please take me to a Chiefs game this season? (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what I can do. No promises. Those Chiefs games are getting pretty expensive, man. Are tickets available? Anything's available for the right price. I see. Good point. Good point. (laughs) You about ready for bed? No. No? Okay, now that I'm, now I'm the leader of the podcast because apparently my dad's falling asleep. Yeah. So it's just me and Gigi. So, uh, what do you got? Not much. Cool. Episode's over. <laughs> so, Gigi, what do you think of that uh, Chiefs roster? Complex. I appreciate your analysis. I'm right here. I'm right here with it. Maybe right there. I'm I'm especially excited about your prognosis for the team, barring injuries. I think you're right up there with high and critical rating. Mm-hmm. It's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. I appreciate Gavin's explanation of his breakdown of the ratings. I thought it was very concise and relevant. Mm-hmm. Helpful. Thank you for that, Gavin. Why, thank you. Oh my gosh, guys, you know what we forgot to do? What? Go through the roster. Bah! All this talk. Okay, go through the roster really quickly. All right, real quick. All no qu- no all, questions till the end. All 53. All 53. Boom. Wait. One, two, skip a few. 53. I don't think that's how that goes. <laughs> Let's start with the quarterbacks. We ended up with two. Me, 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 Ooh, me, me, what, what do you me, think, Gav? Me, what do you me, think? Me, 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 what do you me, think? Me. Chad Haney? Chad Haney. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Anthony Gordon. Only two made the roster. You got him. Oh, I forgot the other one's name. <laughs> you didn't make it. You actually ended up on the practice squad, the one that you're thinking of. Do you want me to tell you his name? Anthony Gordon? No, he got cut. Shane Bouchelle from SMU and a freshman season at Texas. Okay, what's the next position? Next position, running backs. Wait, can you quiz me? Yeah. Okay, how many running backs are there? Uh, there are three true running backs, four if you consider fullbacks in the position group. Not including fullbacks. So not including fullbacks, there are only three that made the roster. You've already mentioned one of them tonight. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yes. No idea. And no idea. Daryl Williams. I knew it. Dirty Williams. Dirty Williams. His name is Dirty Williams. Is it? Yes. I've never heard that before. Did you just give it to him? What? Did you just give it to him? No, Grandpa told me. Oh, okay. 
I had not heard that before. <laughs> uh, the other one was Jarek McKinnon. It's a free agent that we got from San Francisco in the offseason. Has looked really, really explosive in the preseason thus far. And I think has probably earned at least a few reps uh, throughout the regular season onto the field. Okay. What else? All right. One fullback. Do you know the fullback's name? It's not Anthony Sherman. He retired this offseason. His name was Michael Burton. Free agent from the Saints. Mostly will get utilized on special teams, I think. Last season, the Chiefs only used the fullback 6% of the time on offense. Okay, what's next? Next up, wide receivers. Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman. It's two. How many are there? Um, six. I was about to say, please don't say four, but then you just upped it to six. Yeah. Tom, Thompson? Nope. Daryl Williams? Wait. You already said him. You want me to tell you? Demarcus Robinson? Byron Pringle. A little bit of a surprise here. Doris Fountain. The who? He was uh, a player who actually was on a tryout during rookie minicamp. Was drafted a few years ago with the Colts, had some injury issues and was released. Was a free agent and took a tryout during the rookie minicamp. And the Chiefs took a chance on him and signed him from the rookie minicamp onto their 90-man roster. And he impressed enough in training camp that he made the final roster. Okay, what's the next one? And then the last guy, actually somebody who didn't make the initial roster, but through some weird mechanisms and the NFL transaction rules, was allowed to sign the next day back onto the roster, Marcus Kemp. Okay, what's next? Well, I just want to explain a little bit about what just happened there. NFL has a rule that... Players that go on to the injured reserve during the preseason have to be out for the entire season. But if a player makes the initial 53-man roster but then gets placed onto the injured reserve, they can come back after three weeks. But they have to be on that first roster. So that is a situation where Marcus Kemp was released from the initial roster Somebody got put onto IR. Marcus Kemp was signed on back onto the roster. Okay, what's next? Next up. How often does that happen? All the time. All the time. Uh, okay. Almost every single team is going to do something like that, where there's a player who's injured at the start of the season, but they want to get them back at some point during the season, so they will keep them on the initial roster, and they will go on to injured reserve. So they can come back later in the season, and then somebody who was originally on the roster will get placed back on the roster. Or, I guess, replaced with somebody that got cut from another team. But Yes, sir? Is it true that Tom Brady played with a torn leg? I don't know. I don't know that I believe it. People reported it, but I don't know that I believed it. Is this a recent thing? Yeah, there's this thing. Well, there was this thing that... People said Tom Brady actually played the whole season with a torn leg last season. Yeah, I don't know if I believe it. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah, because if he had a torn leg, he should have been on the injured list even if he was still playing. Exactly. Yeah. Unless, unless the Bucks were cheating. 
Exactly. So either that's not true or the Bucks were not following NFL rules with reporting injuries. So back to the tight ends. I have a very large number of tight ends made the roster this time, but I'm pretty excited about every single one of them that made it. We had a total of four tight ends make the roster. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's one of them. Who else do you think made it? Do you have any idea? Not a one? Okay. Blake Bell returns to the Chiefs, signed him as a free agent this offseason. Played for the Chiefs two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Caught a touchdown pass against the Houston Texans in the playoffs. He returns as the mostly blocking tight end of the group. That's how he's going to spend most of his time. Probably come in in two tight end sets and be the blocking guy. Also making the roster, rookie, fifth-round draft pick Noah Gray. Tight end out of Duke. Very versatile player. Last guy that made it. Feel-good story of training camp, Jody Fortson. Jody Fortson is a player who came into the league two years ago as an undrafted wide receiver. Very tall, six foot six. I think at the time when he came into the league, he was about 225 pounds. He had tried for a couple the past couple of preseasons to make the roster as a wide receiver, but had not done it. And the coaching staff took an interest in his development and decided to have a a discussion with him uh, after he got cut as a wide receiver last preseason, uh, approaching him about a position move to tight end. And uh, all of the work that he put in to add that weight to his body and learn the responsibilities of the tight end uh, versus the wide receiver, which he had been playing all throughout high school and college, has paid off, and he ended up making the roster. Had a very, very good preseason, albeit playing against third and fourth stringers for the most part. Um, but you could really see the wide receiver skill set that he brought to the tight end position. Feel good story. If you watch his press conference, they brought him out right after Andy Reid uh, on the day that they announced the roster cuts. And you could just see that he was beaming smile from cheek to cheek it's pretty excited to make the team so it's pretty cool the last group we've already touched on them a little bit on the offensive side i should say the last group on the offensive side is the offensive line kept a lot of guys here on the offensive line we've talked about them already a lot of them who who who, who do you remember chris jones offensive line eric fisher Eric Fisher is no longer with the team. The guy we got from the Ravens is, though. He's playing Eric, Eric Fisher's Orlando position. Brown. Orlando Brown, yep. Who else you got? Remember any of our draft picks? <laughs> I will help you fill in the gaps here. You got one, Orlando Brown. Very good. Also... Joe Tooney, free agent we signed from the New England Patriots. He looked solid as ever in the preseason. Also on the starting offensive line, second-round draft pick, center, Creed Humphrey. Starting next to him at right guard, sixth-round draft pick in this current draft, Trey Smith, 
who was kind of the talk of camp for most of it, came out pretty much from day one. What? Albeit with some injury help. What position did he play? He played guard. Uh, the final piece of the starting offensive line is a guy who's actually technically a rookie this year, although that was because he opted out uh, because of COVID last season. Yes, Gavin? Did you say Trey Smith was supposed to be a six-round pick? That is where we picked him, yes. He was supposed to be a third-round pick. He was supposed to be a third-round pick, and that was even knocking him down for some of the medical concerns. A lot of people still had a third-round grade on him. Mm -hmm. So the Chiefs really did get a great value, and uh, he looked fantastic in training camp. Uh, obviously, he's a rookie, so there is going to be some growing pains, but he should be very, very good player for us going forward. Last guy on the starting offensive line, right tackle, technically a rookie, I guess, but that's because he opted out for COVID last year. Yes. LDT. No. Although LDT did make the roster A and B opt out for COVID, but the guy who was our starting right tackle is uh, Lucas Niang. It's a third-round draft pick in the season before his draft, then opted out. So What position does he play? He plays right tackle. So he's not going to be on that list because that was only the 2021 draft. Ah, shoot. And we drafted him in 2020. Wait, what position does Nick Bolton play? Nick Bolton plays linebacker. So some of the backups on the offensive line. Here we'll see a few faces that we know. Yes, Gavin? I found Nick Bolton. He's supposed to be drafted in the late second. Yep, that's where we got him. All right, so the backup offensive linemen uh, feature some faces that you are more familiar with. These are a few of the guys that were around last season. Uh, Mike Rimmers is going to be our backup swing tackle, both left and right tackle. He played right tackle for us last year for most of the season after Mitchell Schwartz got hurt. Played very well over there. However, in the Super Bowl, was moved over to the left-hand side to make up for the injury to Eric Fisher, which happened in the championship game against or AFC championship game against the Buffalo Bills, and he did not acclimate well over to the left-hand side, had a very bad game, kind of overshadowed what was actually a very good season for him. Uh, but he has been supplanted by Lucas Niang as the starter at right tackle, but will provide us lots of experience and, uh, you know, veteran uh, – Veteran savvy there as a backup should something happen to one of our starters. Also backing up uh, the guard and also probably center position, Nick Allegretti was a starter last year, the interior guard after Asimele got hurt last year. Uh, Andrew Wiley is back with the team. Uh, he played right guard last year for most of the year, and then in the Super Bowl stepped in at right tackle to make up for Mike Rimmers moving over to left tackle to make up for Eric Fisher's injury. Also did not play particularly well in the Super Bowl, but he has now been relegated to a backup. Uh, and then the last – no, I'm sorry, there's two more guys. Letter backups uh, carried 10, which is a little bit heavy for Andy Reid as far as uh, – uh, total group of offensive linemen. Uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, Canadian doctor, did make the team as a backup. Of course, he opted out last year to help uh, use his medical degree uh, as a doctor up in Canada to help uh, fight COVID. Yes, Gavin? 
LDT really Canadian? Yes. So he was born in Canada? Yes. Oh my god. And then the last guy uh, is free agent signing from the uh, Los Angeles Rams, Austin Blythe, who was their starting center last year and was a starting guard for two seasons before that. Uh, will give us some nice quality depth on the interior of the offensive line. So that is our offensive line group. Let's move on to the defensive line. You ready to go, Gav? Yeah. Got one, two, three, four, five defensive ends, if you include Chris Jones in that group. I think you can name at least two of them. Chris Jones. Chris Jones, yep. Who else? Brett Clark. Frank Clark, yeah, you got those two. Also in that group, Mike Dana played very well, very good run defender. Still needs some development on his pass rush skills. Rookie, fourth-round draft pick that we just talked about, Joshua Kando. He's got a lot of athleticism. He's also got a lot of things to learn, and he did look like he was showing some development uh, throughout the preseason, which is why I think he got to keep his spot on the roster when some other guys like Tim Ward, who had a very good preseason, and Taco Charlton, who seemed to have a very good season last year before he got hurt. My favorite! Taco Charlton got cut. Sorry. Now what does it babies do again? Oh, yeah. You'll be all right. And then rounding out uh, the defensive end group, Alex Okafor, veteran Alex Okafor has been with the team the last couple years. Ooh, I might want to hang out with him. He re-signed, I think, a a veteran minimum contract with the team uh, right before the preseason started. Defensive tackles. Keep in mind, this no longer includes Chris Jones. But there are one, two, three, four guys that are defensive tackles for the team. I think you might be able to get one of them. He's a big old dude. He likes riding jet skis. I don't pay attention to what people like and don't like. Okay. <laughs> well, the guy I was referring to was Derek Noddy. No? All right. Well, he had a pretty hilarious press conference where he was talking about how he got to ride a jet ski in the off season. It was the best day of his life. It's pretty funny. Seems to be a pretty entertaining guy. But uh, he'll, he'll be there. He'll be teaming up with uh, the free agent that they signed from the Seattle Seahawks, Jaron Reed, who also seemed to be providing some pretty consistent push during the preseason. Tershawn Wharton, who was an undrafted free agent last year, uh, made a pretty big impact last year, looked like he was also making a pretty good impact this preseason. And Colin Saunders, big old dude out of Western Illinois, a third-round draft pick two years ago. He kind of came to fame uh, throughout the draft process because he weighed 320 pounds, but during the Senior Bowl actually did a backflip after one of the practices on the field. So it was a very athletic 320-pound dude. He looked very good this past preseason, which was good because there were some people who were guessing that he might not make the team after being inactive for most of the season, last season after returning from his elbow injury. Linebackers are the next group that we will go through. There were actually 
six linebackers that made it, although one of them was the person I mentioned before who got put on IR. Gav, can you name any of the linebackers that made the team? Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton. That's one. Nick Bolton's the only one you're going to see on that list. Oh. I already talked about one of them. What did his name start with? A. Andre Sanders? No. What's his last name? Hitchens. Anthony. Anthony Hitchens made the roster. One more? One more that made the roster but then went right on to IR is also somebody I've mentioned. Willie Gay. He had a toe injury apparently that he suffered in the last preseason game that's going to keep him out for at least three weeks to start the season. So in his absence, Ben Neiman will likely fill in uh, his starting role, which will also give Nick Bolton the opportunity to get on the field a little bit more than likely. Also making the roster, Darius Harris and Dorian O'Daniel. Dorian O'Daniel almost exclusively is a special teams player. Darius Harris, I think, is just depth right now, specifically while Willie Gay is out and hurt. Next up, the group is uh, cornerbacks. We had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five corners make the roster. I know you know one of them, Gav. Tyron Matthew. He's a safety. Close, though. Sneed. I'm sorry. Six guys made it. My bad. Six guys. Sneed is correct. It's one of the corners. Also, Charvarius Ward will be the other starter on the outside corner. Based off of what we saw in the preseason, and I don't think anything should change based off of his performance, when they went to three corner sets, which is sometimes referred to as a nickel formation, Mike Hughes was the corner that came in on the outside and pushed Legereus Sneed into the slot. Uh, also providing depth, DeAndre Baker, who looked good in the preseason. Rashad Fenton is in his third season with the team. And Chris Lamons was the surprise to make the roster amongst the cornerback group. This one is another one that pretty much made the team because of his special teams abilities. Um, because of that, uh, Thakarius Keys, or Bo Pete Keys, as he's known, did get cut from the roster and was subsequently claimed by another team. So we will not see Bo Pete on the team this season upcoming. Uh, then the last major position group, safeties. Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew made the roster. Uh, also making the roster there, a total of four that made it. Can you think of any more? No. Daniel Sorensen, Juan Thornhill, and Armani Watts. Rounds out the defense. Overall, I think this group definitely has the potential to improve upon what we saw last season from the defense. Uh, the corners that we were brought in in the offseason, I know there were definitely a lot of questions coming into the season about them. If they are able to carry forward the performances that we saw in the preseason, I think we'll have a very, very good group there. Uh, and some of the risks that uh, Brett Veach took on bringing in some of these guys who maybe haven't performed well elsewhere uh, onto the roster uh, will have paid off. Also, if uh, Willie Gay is able to come back from his injury and look as explosive as he did in the preseason, 
I think that will give us a playmaker at that linebacker level. You join that with Tyron Matthew in the secondary, Snead in the secondary, and then Chris Jones in the defensive line. Um, I think that's definitely a recipe for an improved defense. Uh, and if everything goes right with injuries and the team gelling together, I think we really might actually end up with a top half of the league defense. Uh, last, guys, I did want to mention special teams players, kicker, punter, long snapper. You got those guys, Gav? What? The kicker. That means town. Wait. Kicker. Kicker. A butler? Butker. But, Harrison Butker. Harrison Butler? Punter, who you just said. Tommy Townsend. Townsend. And then long snapper is James Winchester. That rounds out the roster. Oh, yeah, we did. It, 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 it. So I think that will about wrap it up for us, Gav. Okay. Anything else you want the people to know? Can I do my thing? Not yet. I do want to thank a resident Green Bay Packer expert for joining the podcast. Thank you for joining. You're welcome back anytime. And a last word from her. Um, thank you very much. It was my pleasure being here. Enjoyed asking the questions in person, live. Having an opportunity to have those answered was pretty awesome. And to watch my son and grandson in action was awesome as well. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome back anytime. So uh, can I say my thing now? Not quite. Almost time. Just want to remind everybody, if you like what you heard tonight, please give us a, a hit the subscribe button or the following, depending upon what podcast provider you are listening on. We should be available on most major platform providers. Also, if you could, on op- Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. What's Apple Podcasts? Apple Podcasts. You don't know? There's Apple iPhones, Apple iPads, <laughs> Apple Podcasts. He's trying to pretend like he has a Wisconsin accent. Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Is that, is that sound more correct? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> All right. So then if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate five-star rating and review that will help other people find the pod. All right, Gav. I think it's now all yours. Wait, hang on. Gigi, do you know what I'm saying when I say, can I do my thing? No. Oh, wait, maybe I do. But I don't want to, like, spoil it. Yeah. How about those cheese?